1: What's up, guys? Latest OBR Film Breakdown is here. Have the insights from the Browns Chiefs, all 22 film consumption, wrote it up at the OBR, but I'm going to give those to you here as well. Also going to talk about roster moves that are trickling in like crazy through the day here. So we're getting a midday recording of the OBR Film Breakdown, and with that comes a lot of roster evaluation discussions around that it's a busy day it's going to be a busy rest of the week but you know what we do here at the OBR Film Breakdown let's get this thing started right now Mm What's up, everyone? Welcome into the show. We have quite a bit to talk about, um, you know, surrounding a lot of different roster decisions being made. Uh, We'll talk about those in just a bit. I want to hit on the All-22 stuff that I took away from the Browns loss in Kansas City. So, you know, when I do the All-22 stuff, it's going to... I think what is going to happen, it's going to be a Tuesday article, maybe Monday, but likely Tuesday because that's when... I have the most time to consume it and write on it. It'll be a Tuesday morning release, but this is kind of going to be like my baby in a sense, in terms of if you want the detailed information of how the Browns played, this is where I plan to put all of it, but not just in writing form so you can consume it that way, but also with some all 22 video embedded. So you can see a lot of what I'm saying. So, I think that if you are uh, interested in getting this delivered to you every Tuesday, to truly know, like, not just what you watched, but truly know the what happened, why it happened, analysis nuggets, and scheme stuff, this is the place to go to find it. Now, I will always do my all-comprehensive breakdown that includes both sides of the football, special teams, in the podcast format. But if you're a visual person, you want that ability to see it, read it, Watch the videos. I think there's great value to that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where you'll be able to find it. We have a 75% off promotion going to join the OBR, which is a great deal. I would urge you to take advantage of that and enjoy that Browns community because I think it's great uh, to, to just uh, talk about the Browns, learn about the Browns in every single way possible. So uh, that's my spiel on that, and that's where you will find it. In this one, you know, I've mentioned several times over the last few days that I think the Browns' first team offense played better than what, you know, people have said. Largely to me it was because the fumbles happened and that's Jordan Wilkins' issue and I've gone through and highlighted why I thought those fumbles happened and what he did wrong. If you take those out of it, I thought the group was was fine collectively. So, Watson for me pretty good. He hit some great throws, hit that seam shot throw on the first play, three-step drop, top of it, balls out, reads cover three, hits Donovan Peoples-Jones up the seam. Uh, He hits a great David Njoku corner throw, does a nice job getting out in a scramble drill situation. Jed allows a pressure inside, and to Jedrick Will's credit, continues to push his defender inside, which allows Watson to break contain, roll left, hit Amari Cooper, deciphering that really well, where the corner chases Elijah Moore's dig. Opens Cooper up on the sideline. Watson does a good job of processing it on the move and chaos, and that turns into a 52-yard gain. There were some throws he missed, though. There was a sideline ball on a first down. Not a big deal, but it was way over the head of Amari Cooper. Couldn't catch that. The third and seven, he left that ball short. Got to hit it. Key third down. Got a guy open. Elijah Moore running a running an out route uh, past the sticks. He's open. Got to get it. And then I thought the boot that got called for holding uh, when the uh, when the double move was hit by Amari Cooper, I thought he could have thrown that sooner. He kind of got very casual out there. You know, you have to remind yourself that that's David Bell who was blocking for you. So I would have had that as a negatively graded play. But overall, to me, though, Watson looked more like himself than he's ever looked. I thought the ball was out pretty cleanly for most of the game. I think the accuracy stuff on a couple throws, I'm sure he wants back. But to me, pretty good collectively. I'd give him a B-plus in this one. He missed a couple chances, but... Again, preseason game, all of that stuff. Uh, I'm not worried about it, but I I feel like this is the best version of him that we've seen, you know, the creation, the scrambling, the movement stuff on top of some really, really accurate throws. That ball to Njoku was a tough throw. Had to be thrown with tempo, had to be put into a really tight spot so the safety doesn't undercut it. It was a great ball. Dorian Thompson-Robinson was pretty good. He continues to just look comfortable in the pocket. There's very little chaos to his rhythm. He is, you know, very able to sit in, deliver, Uh, throws you know outside of his his normal throwing motion he does a good job placing in this one he did a good job placing footballs with accuracy on shallow crossing routes particularly on third downs I thought he also did a good job of downfield developing routes not feeling the need to deliver them and dumping them off to check down safety valves for good gains. I just feel like he's going to be okay playing in rhythm in those moments uh, that he would have to arrive on the field, and you can do enough with him. He can move, obviously, can continue to do a lot of the things Watson does. And in this game, he had the single best throw I saw from either side with a third and 13 strike that he hit on a dig to Cedric Tillman where Nick Harris met Charles Omenihu in the in the <laughs> interior, and that did not go very well for him uh, and, and got tossed to the side and ended up in the lap of uh, of DTR but he was able to deliver it. And again, the thing that's impressive, it was one of those deliveries where you're throwing over a linebacker but in front of a safety. And I highlighted it a couple different film angles in this one uh, that you can find uh, in that in that write-up. So again, uh, another good Dorian Thompson-Robinson game. A couple throws he wants back that weren't graded very strongly. But again, I thought he was impressive uh, and has certainly done enough to earn the job that he has as the backup. Kellamond, again, I would move on. From that player, I wouldn't really do the practice squad thing with Kellen, but I can see why they might just for continuity's sake. Up front, offensive line, they allowed 18 pressures, which isn't good enough. Jedrick Wills allowed three on his own. And again, it's just a consistency with the anchor. The speed to power stuff is what he struggles with. And he's just going to have to continue to be scrappy and create that that walled-off angle that Watson can, can get away from whatever he does allow. Um, Luke Whipler in his first time playing left guard, where I thought he was a little bit overmatched at times. Uh, he will struggle because of size, just like Nick will against the bigger, stronger, faster types. And I'm talking the top 5% of defensive tackles as most guys will, but he was introduced to a couple of bull rushes that he could not handle in this game. So he was fine. I thought Dewan Jones, one pressure in all of his snaps again, even when he's caught off guard by power, he's just, it's tough to move him. He is, he's going to be a steady right tackle at some point, the speed of which I don't know. Jack Conklin was good. Wyatt Teller was also good in this one, especially in the run game. And I thought he did a good job of chipping, working, and helping out against uh, specific Casey looks. Colby Gossett, a guy I thought had a chance to, to make the roster, it was really bad. He allowed three pressures, and he's obviously been waived since this time in this game, but I thought he had a chance, and maybe the practice squad's still realistic, but he was rough in this one uh, in particular. The tight end stuff, like Thomas Greeney probably interests me. He can run a little bit after the catch. You know, Miller Forrestal blocks fine enough, but he is just an is a weird liability in the passing game. They really like Zaire mitchell Payton, and he had a couple nice catch and runs in this one, but... He doesn't block consistently enough, and I just don't know that he'll ever be comfortable. Like he just looks uncomfortable when he's in the you know open field. He had a fumble. It just I don't know. I mean, they like him, and he's a UDFA type guy that they'll keep around the organization. It feels like maybe practice squad, but I would be looking for more of an upgrade tight end uh, in terms of trying to develop somebody. Austin Watkins had a couple chances. Had a ball in the end zone in the fourth quarter. I thought he could have, should have, come down with. We know that at this point he has been he has been uh, cut. We'll see if there's a way to get him back to the practice squad. That was one of the tougher wide receiver decisions looming. Uh, I think if he would have done a couple more things in this game, he maybe would have had a better chance, but uh, I think he missed some opportunities that he would like to have back. So we'll see what happens with his status. Mike Harley, continued number 82 there, continues to just get better. I think his overall skill set just keeps improving. And to me, a guy that is uh, is particularly interesting to keep developing another year on the practice squad this year. We'll see where it goes. Can he continue to get better? The hands are improving, the route running, the footwork along the sidelines. There's a lot to like there, I, I think, with Mike Harley, that if he can keep developing. And as I noted again, Cedric Tillman, big body man. He runs smooth. He's just going to find the field this year. I don't think they can keep him off the field. He's going to he's going find the football uh, at times this year, maybe more than some people are expecting considering the log jam that's there in front of him a little bit. So that's the offense. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and then come back and do defense special teams and talk about what we know about the roster moves right now. And then, you know, we'll get into those a bit deeper because those cuts are going to happen throughout the day. We'll get into that for your Wednesday podcast. So like I said, we will be right back.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
1: You ever been up against buying tickets last minute? Can't figure out how to get it done. The OBR group recently tried to go to the Browns preseason. We were up against the clock trying to figure out if we could get tickets hooked up if we needed to buy them we had to end up buying them went to the game time app and let me tell you this is the best place to find tickets it should never be stressful they pride themselves on making it as seamless as possible killer deals on last minute tickets the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun you're gonna have if you're starting to poke around about getting tickets for browns Bengals week one this is the place you need to go Game time has everything you need. You don't have to plan months in advance, but if you do, they have deals on tickets now, all the way up until the day. You get images from the seats you'll be sitting in to know what you're looking at, what the view will be, get that low price guarantee. And then talking again, those exclusive flash deals on tickets are what makes the app so great. And the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. They'll credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get those images from your seats. You get tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. They're sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. So here's what you need to do. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the promo code, quite simply, OBR for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code OBR for $20 off. If you want to use the URL, it's GameTime.co, okay? But the app is where it's at. It's a perfect app. Download the GameTime app today. Promo code OBR, $20 off, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. First-team defense was really good, flying around all over the football, and there's a lot to really be excited about here. You know, obviously the Juan Thornhill interception, just a great job cutting off a backside cross, on that boot rollout that Casey was doing. You love to see that good blocking after the interception. I know that moment was pretty special for him back in Kansas city as he won't get the opportunity unless they go to the playoffs. He wouldn't get that opportunity this year. So, uh, you know, creating the interceptions, Ronnie McLeod off the Martin Emerson play. And then I think it was Caleb Biggers that had the interception late as well. I, I just, again, a lot to like, they played a ton of a uh, nickel. Uh, I think they had 10 snaps of nickel against multiple tight ends uh, so that means they're going to use multi, you know heavy DB packages against multiple tight ends. They had nine snaps of base where Mahmoud Diabate would come in and play that third line that linebacker role. We know Diabate is going to make the roster, as we've been told at this point. So that's exciting for that young man. Uh, again, we'll, we'll do this more comprehensively later, but just little nuggets. I know right now I'm not afraid to share with you. Um, y- yeah. So I would say that what stood out was the defensive line in this one. You had Jordan Elliott. This is an interesting little wrinkle. Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be paired with Jordan Elliott. Elliott's playing the three. And these guys are all kind of moving in this game, in and out of the positions. But you're going to put Dalvin Tomlinson with Jordan Elliott and then bring your second group on, Shelby Harris with Maurice Hurst, who feel like your first four defensive tackles. We'll see Tristan Hill's an interesting uh, name to to monitor if they keep more. Tommy Togiai was let go. And then Togiai, in my opinion, a guy who uh, started to really flash, but but – uh, a little too, you know, too little too late. But a, a practice squad that I would be very interested in bringing back if nobody claims him. But um, what they're doing with those, you know, between the Dalvin and Jordan Elliott, and then Shelby Harris, where he starts trying to balance out the two rotations there. Obviously, your best two are Dalvin and Shelby, and maybe those guys will play together later in games, those key drives. But I, I kind of like the balance they're doing there. Uh, Okoronko was special; he's really good in this one. So is Zadarius. They did a couple fun thing, little twists with. Okoronkwo playing linebacker on a rushdown situation, kind of off ball linebacker rushing in a twist scheme when they blitzed. And they blitzed about 15 times of the 70, what are they, they 77 snaps. So feels like Schwartz is telling us a little bit about who he's going to be, what they're going to do. They had 37 snaps of cover one, which is, you know, pretty high volume. They had 28 snaps of cover three, and then nine cover two, cover six. And then again, no quarters, so they're not going to be a quarters team. At least they're not showing that early. That they're going to be a quarters team, but but again, a lot of close coverage stuff that they're liking to run in these uh, in these preseason games, and and that that's a massive uptick in man coverage that we're seeing. And the, and again, it could have been they're trying to challenge some of these defensive backs, the fringe guys, and again, the eight like the AJ Green. It was not a very good defensive back game. AJ Green struggled in this one. Uh, I thought D'Anthony Bell struggled in this one. Hickman had some decent moments, but not enough. And Hickman's made the roster as far as what we know right now, uh, a little bit surprising to me considering some inconsistencies, but they must like the athletic profile and some of the things they've seen. But again, uh, they're try- In this one, they could have just been trying to challenge the guys and, and, and see what they could get out of um, in those situations. But the first-team group was, again, JOK, promising, really good stuff. Kunasic has the knee injury, which is a bummer. Uh, tears the A.C. Or te- I think he has an MCL injury. He might be able to come back, but he's going to be out for a while. Uh, I'm not that bummed about that because Walker and Sione Takitaki are going to play, and I don't think he was going to see real-time. But his special team's impact is Bubba Ventrone really likes him. Um you know, it's going to be felt, but we're going to have Diabate and some of these others hopefully step up and carry the load there. But excited about the defensive line. They ran a bear front one time with Dalvin at the zero nose. You had Shelby Harris and uh, Maurice Hurst playing the three techniques. Uh, then again, that five down front is really fun. Get creative with that. So, Denzel Ward, I look for the concussion stuff. Like he had a tackle on the first drive where he went into it with his shoulder at the legs, but Zadaria Smith was also there and kind of wrapped around the ball carry too. It ended up being really awkward. So I think that's when it happened because there was no other significant contact for him, but he played like 10 snaps, 10 or more snaps after that hit and looked, seemed fine. So it had to happen there. It just must've been a delayed thing, uh, which is just sort of strange. Again, we'll see what that impacts, what the severity of that concussion looks like. So um, yeah, that's, that's the defensive line stuff. The secondary was good. Like I said, you know, anytime he created a couple turnovers, that's always great. Tony Fields had himself a game: seven tackles, four stop tackles. Was all over the field. I can't see a world in which they don't keep him. He played next to Matthew Adams a lot. I don't, I'm not all too keen on Adams. I think he's a little bit more plotting than I would like, and he's he doesn't have a great coverage feel. I know he's a special teams guy, but it feels to me like you know you can get Diabate to be a special teams guy and have Tony Fields being a special teams guy more so than you you necessarily need to keep a guy like Matthew Adams who can't can't play successfully all that much up front. Jeremiah Martin caught my eye. Thought he played well. He continues to be a practice squad guy that I'd be interested in. Lonnie Phelps played rough. He's already been cut. Uh, didn't think he played very well. Lost contain a couple times and just, uh, again, he just doesn't seem to have sort of the twitchiness uh, stuff that you really would prefer to see from that position from a UDFA guy. Um, like I mentioned, some some big third downs were caught. You don't like that. Like, like I said, A.J. Green gave up one. DeAnthony Bell gave up one. Mike Ford gave up a long dig on like a third and 13. He should not have allowed to happen out of cover three. He had nothing to drive on except that dig. He's got to make that play, but he's going to be more of a slot guy if he gets on the field. We'll see if he ends up making the roster. It's going to be tight with some of these uh, secondary guys that they want to keep around. Uh, Otherwise, there was that, again, that cover three touchdown where it looked like, I think it was Hickman who was in the post playing Uh, the middle of the field, but they didn't get any redirect on Amir Smith-Marset, and it was just an easy touchdown that was reminiscent of the Panthers game last year where they gave up a long seam ball in cover three. They can't let that happen. That's always a vulnerability of cover three. You have to get redirecting hands on that from the hook player and didn't get any of it, and it just, it was, uh, again, brought back some bad memories. Like I said, 15 blitzes, so they got creative, but not overly creative, um, and, and just got in and out of there and challenged their guys and learned what they needed to know, and we'll update you about those roster moves. The biggest thing that happened is two things. Michael Dunn is, is cut and it it appears we've learned today that he was not done. So in a sort of way, that was a wink, wink. You're going to come back here and play. Uh, We're going to make this happen after the 53 roster finagling stuff. Like, I don't know. I think he could ultimately come back and I would be bringing him back just because I don't totally trust Luke Whipler or James Hudson to play guard enough yet. But um, it was not from what I know, a situation where they felt like uh, the, you know, the, the, The people close to Michael Dunn felt like there was some deal done with uh, behind closed doors to make sure he came back. So that's obviously something to keep an eye on. But the biggest news of the day is they finally decided to move on from Cade York. Now, they have not cut Cade York in any official capacity, as we know, because teams around the NFL are calling and trying to trade. But they went out and made an aggressive move to trade a 2025 seventh for uh, Dustin Hopkins, who comes over from the Chargers. Hopkins is interesting because he is a guy who... Uh, was – he's he's actually the, – the biggest reason that he has sort of struggled to keep that job from Cameron Dicker is the injury stuff. He had a a moment – I'm trying to get a guest on from KC. I know he had a hamstring injury issue that cost him some time where he kicked through it in a game. It was a really gutty performance, but he kicked through it. And, um, you know, to me that was – you know, it's sort of telling. He learned a lot of respect from his teammates. And it seems like most people were – Uh, You know, who around the Chargers really respected him and have a hard time with this. But just Cameron Dicker has been so good over there, you know, so um, he loses that job. But but again, Hopkins, 83.8 percent on kicks from 40 to 49 in his career, which is such a popular yardage range and something that Cade struggled with Uh, 83. uh, Like I said, 83.8. The league average is 81.3. He's made 14 of his last 16. You know, that's, that's all pretty stellar. He's actually, from 50-plus, he struggled, but you don't want to be kicking a bunch of 50-yarders. He struggled. He's like 15 of 30, but everything inside 49 has been really stellar for him, and they just need some consistency, man. Make your extra points. Make things 49 and below. Kevin's not going to go out there attempting 50-yarders all too often, but maybe even as a little uptick in that. So I don't mind. You know, I know that the Browns are sort of the running joke here about drafting Cade York and moving on from him before his second season starts, but it was just so drastically bad. It was so drastically bad that you had to do it. And, um, you know, this deal just makes a ton of sense to solidify, stabilize the position. You give up a 2025 seven. So you give up more draft capital, but again, you wanted to make sure you got your guy instead of dancing around that free agent market or the UDFA or sorry, the cut, you know, cut waiver wire situation where you maybe want to use that priority on a more important position. So, I'm never I mean I'm a fan of if you're going to draft a kicker it needs to be with one of your last picks preferably 7th round so doing a 7th round scenario is not the end of the world to me it's not a pick that's likely to mean anything at all and I'm overall okay with it and feel like they improved that scenario uh, that position so um that's it that's all for today I wanted to do this quickly to get out the all 22 notes and just talk about some of the roster moves there will be a giant collective every single roster move Uh, thing here that I will do later tonight after we know the four o'clock deadline is passed and we know all the decisions that have been made. So check that out. That will be way more detailed about roster decisions. But again, a reminder, the 53 decisions that are made at the 4 p.m. deadline, there's going to be waiver processing and claims that are going to happen uh, over the next, you know, three days. And then the really the real shape of the 53 happens with the turn of the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday is when you figure out who's actually going to be on that opening opening game 53, and then we'll see about the active roster too. So we'll have some answers tonight, but not all the answers as there will still be moving parts that find their way into the discussion. So a quick one, but a good one here. I hope you enjoyed it. A lot of information. Check back in Wednesday morning for everything you need around the roster. Uh, in terms of who made it, who didn't, and, and any analysis in between. I'll try to get with a guest, probably Andrew Spade, to do that. So check in when you can. Thanks for stopping by today. Sorry this is a little bit late, but a lot of work to do to uh, you know, edit the film and do the writing and all of that, and it was just a crazy weekend. So wanted to make sure that we got something up on the All-22 and not skip over that and gloss over it and act like that game didn't happen. There's a lot to learn and it's shaping the decisions they're making around the roster right now. So check out the OBR 75% off. You should take advantage. A reminder of that again, uh, a reminder again to rate and review the pod to help Browns fans find it. I mean, uh, you know, again, uh, appreciate any great reviews, but any review at all helps the uptick of searching Cleveland Browns in podcast formats and spitting this one toward the top. So, Thanks again, guys, for stopping by. You know I appreciate it a ton. You have a great, great Tuesday. And check in Wednesday for your next pod around the 53-man roster. Until then, go Browns.
0: Tax Day is coming. Oh, no.